Cruise Talks podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sedam. I'm coming to you straight from Philadelphia, where I've been at a conference. Uh, I've been here for about 28 hours. I've already had a Philly cheesesteak sandwich and a soft pretzel, so I'm feeling pretty cultured right now with Philadelphia lifestyle. At the conference I was at today, I went to two sessions that really drew my attention. The first was about information sharing, and the second was about community engagement. So you're probably asking yourself, what does information sharing and community engagement have to do with each other? And what does that have to do with the Crucial Talks podcast, which goal we have is to talk about human behavior? Now, I'll tell you that both of these sessions, at their core, whether the presenters knew it or not, had human behavior right in the middle. It was all about bridging gaps between people. So in this episode... We're going to talk about some tactics they used and why those tactics can work when bridging gaps between two groups of people. So first, we don't really have to go that far to find conflict in our world today. I would argue that conflict is just about everywhere we look. We see it between politicians. We see it between countries. We see it on reality television. We see it between the government and the people. There is conflict everywhere. Now, the conflict seems to continue daily. It's almost like it self-perpetuates between these groups. It seems to be an infinite game that people play just to play the game. No one's ever going to win it. They just seem to keep fighting. It just seems to go on and on and on. To understand these conflicts, we can boil them down to differences between groups. We can look at the conflict as an in-group, out-group relationship. One group thinks differently than the other, and this causes tension and stress between the groups. Now, people will behave based on the expectations of the groups they belong to. We talked about that in in episode one. And this includes how they respond to other groups. So I think we can all understand that tension between groups can cause stress and anxiety. Think about a time at work when management didn't get in touch with field personnel, uh, where there was a conflict of interest, where communication had broken down. How did it make people feel? Did people act the same way at work? Or did you actually see things change? How long did it take to get back on track? Or maybe it never got back on track. Maybe you're still dealing with the same group conflict. So anxiety can develop for any number of reasons, including one or both groups feeling unsafe, a real or perceived threat within the group or with the other group, and a lack of clarity concerning what the future may hold. All these things can cause stress. So when beliefs of one group conflict with beliefs of another group, the members of those groups will have preconceived notions of how the other group will behave and what the other group believes. This happens because labeling other groups allows people to create narratives that justify their own behaviors. So it's important for one group, one group that wants to work with the other one, has to decide that they're going to create an anchor point that they are willing to work with the other group. They've got to set that foundation. So if one of the groups can recognize that they may be wrong or that they need to work with the other group, they can recognize that the position of the other group isn't just against them. There there can be common ground they can work work on together. So this anchor point set by one group that decides that that group wants to work with the other group, that is a starting point to creating an identity and shared goals that can ultimately bring two groups together. 
So in episode one, we talked about how human beings are social creatures, how we belong to groups, how we self-identify, how these identities drive our behavior and help us make sense of the world. Now, in the first session, they identified a problem with information sharing between government agencies. Now, they had plenty of resources, like technology and money. They had everything they needed, but there was still a barrier. Things still weren't working. So they identified that the problem wasn't a structure, it wasn't a policy, it wasn't technology. The barrier was human. It was people. It was behavior. So people just didn't want to share information. Uh, people were, and they still can be, silos of information. These groups protecting information from other groups can be a problem. So what they proposed in this session was that uh, good relationships were necessary to break down that behavior and to break down that barrier. They also said that to make it work, people had to trust each other. They had to know how to communicate, and they had to have the chance to communicate. So basically, in that session, what I saw was that the barriers to interoperability, the barriers to information sharing, were based in human behavior, and that the solution was to focus on the feelings people had toward each other, to focus on their communication skills, and to focus on opening up opportunities for them to communicate, creating that environment where they can communicate. Now, going to the second session, the problem that that group identified was a barrier between government and the people they were supposed to serve. Again, it was determined that groups of people didn't understand each other. They didn't see eye to eye, and as a result, there was negativity in the community. So in this case, they also created relationships. And these relationships brought the government and diverse public groups closer together to solve problems. So one of the speakers brought up this fact that they, they started to ask, particularly about criminals, they started to ask, why are they acting this way? It wasn't just the, the person, the criminal, was somebody that had to be dealt with. They weren't just a problem that needed to be solved. What they started doing was asking themselves questions about why. Why are they doing these things? So they started seeing the community and these people as possible solutions on how to take care of problems. So they changed their lens. They started thinking differently. They, they didn't just see criminals as an outgroup. They saw them as, as belonging to other groups and that by looking at them, that way, they thought of people as having the solution and not people as problems to be solved. So once these relationships started to be built, and it takes a long time to do this kind of thing, but once those relationships start to be built, they began to see that there was more cooperation, higher levels of satisfaction, and less resistance to change. So in that second session, we saw that relationships were again the key to bridging gaps. So in summary, those two sessions had some, some telling similarities. First, we saw that people were the barrier, not technology or resources, but people, their behavior, their thoughts, uh, what they thought about other groups and how they dealt with those groups, that was a barrier. We also saw that barriers could exist internal and external to organizations. This tells us that there could be intergroup conflict anywhere. We don't just have to look outside. We should look inside also because that can affect how we perform at work and in our families and in society. 
Now, I also saw that in both cases, the start of the solution, the seed that was planted, was this notion that they had to think about people as solutions and not problems. And that was a key turning point, I think, in both of these, the stories about these sessions. The key turning point was looking at human beings, looking at human behavior. So also in both cases, and this is the, the final point of the summary, was one group wasn't put ahead of the other group. So in both cases, neither group was put ahead of the other group. They, they were put on level playing fields. They, they were considered both important to solving the problem or to reaching the goal. Based on this, there are three techniques you can use right now to help create teamwork or get two separate groups to move toward collaboration. First, think of the needs of other people. This is called empathy. This is what you need to do to start thinking about how that other group thinks to try to come up with some common ground. And in doing so, you should think about those people that they are solutions, not problems. By changing your lens, by telling yourself a different story about that group, this means you can tell yourself they are not the enemy. And if they're not the enemy, this means you can work with them. Now, thinking about other people also gives us the opportunity to feel a little like they feel, to, to understand a little bit about what drives them. Because of this, because we know that emotions are what spark behavior and emotions are what drive decision-making, we can start thinking about why the other group is making the decisions they make. And this can help us. This can help us work with them to come up with a good solution. Now, solutions and coming up with, with a problem to work on together, that's another key point. We, the second point is, and the second tool is, to create a goal that is bigger than both groups. Something that both groups can work on, something that doesn't go against what each uh, group stands for. So it doesn't feel like they're going against their own internal beliefs. And something that isn't established just to mend fences. What you, what you don't want to do is decide, well, I need, to, I need to have these two groups work together, so I'm just going to come up with something. People will see through that. It's got to be a real goal they can both work on and they both have an interest in. Now, a, a third point is something that one of the presenters said, and it was, it was kind of special when it came up because it shows us that another tool is using a third party that can serve as a bridge between the two groups. Third parties can share parts of identities with both groups. This can be where they grew up, where they work, if they wore a uniform or not. Some kind of commonality that is able to bridge that gap and, and bring those two groups closer together. This third-party tool can come in handy in a lot of cases. So this is something we really should consider when trying to get groups to work together. Is there a third party that could work with both groups? If there is, that third party can help establish a greater goal. Again, this is, this is about coming up with a goal that both people can work toward and that neither group will see as an affront to what they believe in. This can also cause momentum and create a, a movement where communication will start between the two separate groups. That third party can, can jumpstart that communication. And their contribution doesn't have to take a long amount of time. We're not talking about somebody who who chairs a working group with two different groups involved. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out uh, 
process. It can happen pretty fast if they are able to create that link between the two groups and create that link based on a shared goal that both groups can work toward. So in this episode, we see that human behavior can be an issue that people try to solve with technology or more money. Now this is kind of a good thing because when dealing with people, we can also see that a lot of the things we're talking about are free. We also learn that relationships matter and relationships can solve a lot of problems. Now speaking about problems, we learn that people can be solutions if we view them as solutions and not view them as problems. View them as solutions. Change our lens. That helps us develop strategies to get groups to work collaboratively together. So those three tools I told you about basically are think about the needs of other people, create a goal that is bigger than both groups, and think about any third parties that might help you bridge a gap if there's not already uh, commonality between the two groups. So that is today's Crucial Talks podcast. I hope you will have a great week. Thank you again for listening. Stay tuned for another full episode coming next week at additional Crucial Chats. And those are those shorter episodes that we can use to start conversations. If you find value in the Crucial Talks podcast, please rate it, subscribe it, and share it. I really want to build this community of practitioners uh, that, that are interested in human behavior. Also, please visit the Crucial Talks website at www.crucialtalks.com, www.crucialtalks.com, and connect with me via email or on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or all of the above. I really learn a lot from other people. I want to build this community, so please reach out and feel free to contact me at any time. Have a great week, and remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people.